you've tapped or clicked in to College Volleyball Weekly on Viral Volley Media. Now here's your host, Rob on Mike. All right, week one of NCAA Men's Division One Two Volleyball has concluded, and we are here in College Volleyball Weekly. I got to hit the headline. A team called Lincoln Memorial University, the Rail Splitters. Thoughts, you guys? Let's start with uh, Dan Friend of Lewis. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, it's a good win for that program in a tough environment. Uh, but Cash has been doing a great job with this group of guys over the years. And if they were in a league, they'd already be in the NCAA tournament. So look, they're in the independent. Uh, so unfortunately, they haven't found a pathway yet. And so uh, I think the guy that uh, ultimately for them was the young guy that had a great, uh, I would say, week for them in terms of that. And I think, Brad, you saw him firsthand, so you get to probably comment a little bit, right, in terms of that. So I'll be curious to see Theo and Brad because they both played them. Uh, but uh, from the outside, great win for those guys. I'm, I'm stoked for them. It's, it's a tough tournament for everybody that goes there because you're playing a bunch of games in a row. And so, and I think it's a battle of attrition sometimes. So. Yep. How about you, Jay? Uh, I'm George Mason. Uh, I'm not surprised either. The more crossover we get uh, with some of these teams that in years past have historically not been very strong and all of a sudden they start getting some momentum mm -hmm. and they build some great recruiting classes and they go through a little bit and learn how to play the game in a high level. This is going to happen more often. Uh, so yeah, Santa Barbara might not be as strong as they were in years past uh, and that's okay. Uh, it's still a great win for Lincoln Memorial and, uh, and super stoked. Let's jump over to the first handful and first career victories for the two coaches on screen who saw them really close. Uh, we'll go with Theo Edwards from Cal State Northridge. Sure. Yeah, it was uh, that was actually the first time that I had seen them play in person. Uh, and the first time that I got to meet John Cash, who, man, one hell of a coach, awesome guy to talk to. And he has an interesting back history. If you guys have heard his whole story with uh, baseball and um just a really really interesting guy but he's doing a phenomenal job and they uh they got a bunch of weapons uh they got two really really good middles um a good setter and uh, and two outsides that have arms and, and are cagey can do some things um so yeah i actually watched that match against santa barbara firsthand and they were lethal and they they got to a rhythm and and uh they were passing the ball incredibly well and uh they're a good team they're they're gonna they're gonna definitely make some upsets if uh if people aren't ready to play them and, and uh, they're capable. So it was a lot of fun to actually see him play. Yep. And then we'll close out with uh, Brad Ross Stratter, UC San Diego. Yeah. The, the outside uh, Dan was referring to is Chase Spadaro, I believe is how you say it. And he went off yep, against Spadaro. us. He played great throughout the, uh, their four match stretch. They added an extra match against Pepperdine uh, before the tournament even started. So uh, yeah, they played a lot of volleyball and they got, their money's worth on the trip and they got a really good setter Cole Cooch who came from junior colleges out here in California and um, just a really solid team all around it and they played some really good volleyball all four of those matches and even in our match we snuck out in five sets but they outplayed us in just about every single statistical category so they, they played some really good volleyball. Yeah, before is Evan Corey, the big name out of Lincoln Memorial, the uh, Bayou Bomber or the Cajun Crusher. But now you got Chase Spadaro, and I hate to shake salt the wound there, Brad, but he had 18 kills, zero air, or one error, and hit 708 against you. Oh, so, I know. Uh, I know. I'll do well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, 
go around the horn here and see one or two match results or matches that grab our coach's eyes on the screen. We'll start with uh, Theo on this one first. Yeah, I thought the Stanford St. St. Francis matchup uh, was was really interesting. Obviously, uh, I think they went four the first time and and then ended up going five. And uh, obviously, that St. Francis team was playing tough and and real gritty. And I watched bits and pieces and got to see their defense and some of the stuff they were doing. But they uh, they gave Stanford a run for their money. I thought that was pretty exciting. All right, step over, Jay Hosick. Uh, just to rub more salt into Dan's wounds uh, or uh, into Brad's wounds, uh, Santa Barbara out hit, out dug, out blocked, and out assisted every category against Lincoln Memorial, yet they still found a way to win. Uh, the match that I think uh, surprised me, or not surprised me, but uh, was a little bit eye opening was Penn State against Ohio State. Penn State's missing three of their starters Wildman, uh, uh, Marsh, and Fisher were not playing in that match. And a young man by the name of John Kerr hit 545 against Ohio State. They're opposite. That's pretty good. So if Penn State's beaten good teams like Ohio State without three of their starters, I shudder to think what they're going to look like with all of them in. Yep. Step over to Brad. Yeah, my yeah, I, I had both of those on my uh, surprising list uh, for, for me as well. And the other one was BYU over Lewis. And sorry, Dan, but it was uh, too uh, – Two teams where both a lot of unknowns going into it. So getting to see them, getting to see them battle it out um, and play some really good volleyball um, throughout it at stretches. So that was the one that stood out the most to me. And partially, we got to watch a lot of Lewis to get ready for this week, too. That's right. The, the travel out to uh, Chicago for the Tritons. And then uh, we'll might as well go to the guy who just had salt shaken in his wounds, Dan Friend. <laughs> Uh, well, I always think the Santa Barbara tournament's great because it's a tough tournament. You play three matches in two days. I think that's still the same format, right, guys? And so, uh, so you I mean certainly you saw Santa Barbara beat SC, and then you see Lincoln Memorial beat Santa Barbara. Uh, and certainly Theo got his first win. Brad got his first win. So I, I just I was watching a lot of that go on. But ultimately for us, it was I mean we got to see Irvine firsthand, and you know I think they're as good as everybody talks about, and. Uh, you know, I think uh, Hino and uh, Sonny were great. You know, those guys had two really good matches against Esther McKendry and uh, certainly are going to play at a high level. And Joe was running the offense for those guys. And so I uh, saw them be pretty dangerous in an environment where you walk in. It isn't notoriously easy to serve at if you haven't played there before. And so and Capono at BYU again. So like you said, we got to see him firsthand and he's doing some nice things. He had two nights. And so I think. Uh, matches in front of me was what I was paying attention to a lot outside of that. But uh, a lot of good volleyball and excited this year as we get going. So I'm at, I think, what, eight or nine teams, 10, 15, haven't played yet. So hopefully they're going to all get going this weekend. Gosh, it's first episode. We're already dropping the Smithfield House superstition, or is it the science, the physics of altitude? You know, we could have a debate all year long. <laughs> Why don't you just go with the true numbers, percentage of serves missed in that gym by everybody that plays? And they'll actually Just be in the There we go. <laughs> so um, with that, you know, with a Santa Barbara term, I only add that one of the biggest swells of the century was hitting right outside there. The 50-year swell, humongous waves. And personally, I was distracted. So I think some of the Gaucho guys may have been distracted as well. Let's go into a couple top athlete performers. A few names have been dropped here already in some of the performances. But I wanted to see who caught your eyes. And we'll start with, uh, let's go with Dan on this one. Uh, right. 
Sonny and Hino, like I said, Sonny was 22 kills against us the first night. Um, you know, but both those guys just hitting above 500 uh, and putting up some pretty. Uh, Sonny was serving like BYU radars there. He got a couple 75 mile an hours. Uh, and those are they, they were rocketing some balls at the same time. So those would be the two guys easy for me in front of me. So, yeah. Uh, how about you, Theo? Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys had an opportunity to watch our match against uh, UCLA, but Ethan Champlin uh, absolutely had a field day. Uh, I think he was he had maybe one error or, or errorless on 21 or 22 swings, 17 kills. And uh, I don't know that he hit the same shot twice. Um, he had tons of range, was moving the ball all over the place. It looked like he had an hour when he was in the air and attacking the ball. He could see the block. He knew what they were going to do. And and would make shots that we hadn't seen in our gym. Uh, so it absolutely helped us get better, but he had one hell of a performance, and I think uh, he's going to have a great season. Yeah, I'll help you out there. That's a 706, 12 kills, zero errors, two aces, block assists, and five digs. So there it is. Good night for Chamlin. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Not go over bad. to Jay Isaac, George Mason. <laughs> I'm going to do my best impression of the opposing coach when Wilt Chamberlain had his 100-point game into halftime. Hey, uh, who's got Wilt, right? Like, that's what you're going to do. So here's my impression of Theo in between games two and three. Hey, who's got Champlin? Who's gonna, <laughs> this guy's slowing down a little bit. Yeah, that kid's pretty darn good. Uh, and he's, I think what he's really doing is he's making America wake up that you really don't have to be a 6'9 outside hitter in order to be successful, especially at our level. So I think that's one kid you definitely look at. Kerr at Penn State, kid 6'9, bangs away. You're not paying attention to him. Just imagine how hard that fight must be between him and Fisher in the Penn State gym in practice. That's yeah. pretty good, uh, two good weapons there. And I'm going to give one little underdog one. Ready for this? Leahy, middle blocker for St. Francis. If you are not paying attention to his float serve, it's probably the most wicked, lethal jump float in the country. It's nasty. Watch it. All right, close out with Brad. Yeah, I got two freshmen. Uh... One at Stanford, Teo Snui, um, the opposite they have uh, up there, had a good weekend and has been good against the Canadian teams they've been playing as well. And then Dylan Klein, he uh, got subbed in in their first two matches. And then against us, he started and he played really, really well. And he was um, a really smooth, really efficient attacker for him. So um, two freshmen that are starting off the year strong. Yep. 12-12 in the fifth set is all tied up and SC goes on a what is it? A three-point run, four-point run from there? Three-point run, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. I, I was uh, watching in the car on that one. <laughs> hey, so, Rob, uh, hey, that I'm going to throw one more guy in, though, that we got to mention. All right. That's got to be Shay uh, from Lincoln Memorial. That guy played four matches and was key in a lot of their success as a freshman, I believe, right, guys? from uh, Also yep, a freshman, freshman, yep. yep. Oveto, uh, Florida. We'd be remiss not to mention him and what he's doing for that group right there. I know they got a lot of other good pieces. Gentry's the middle. He's a pretty good player, too. But we got to make sure we give some props to Shay. So I thought you were going to throw in a TJ Murray reference. No, there you got it. So that's great. Just so you know. If you had to eat it, so. <laughs> that concludes a week one of a Volleyball Magazine's College Volleyball Weekly segment. We're going to continue the conversation over on College Volleyball Weekly over on Viral Volley Media with the same four coaches. There's plenty of action. There's a ton of tournaments. So thanks for tapping in. Be sure to follow VolleyballMag.com and check out the streaming and the match listings on the site updated daily. 
for any kind of volleyball that's going to be out there streamed and a, a bunch of other resources as well. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to College Volleyball Weekly over on Viral Volley Media. A continued conversation from VolleyballMag.com's College Volleyball Weekly Spotlight. So, again, Dan, friend of Lewis, Brad Rostratter of UC San Diego, Theo Edwards of CSUN, and Jay Hosick of George Mason. As we continue on, there was so much volleyball happening in week number one. And um, to you guys, did you, were there any super uh, unexpected results from the week beyond we already talked about Lincoln Memorial's performance that you know a lot of teams are uh coming in with some new faces which I was uh was, was unexpected uh you know like for instance Penn State you'd mentioned they didn't have three of their starters uh Jacob Pasture didn't play till the second match uh there, there are a few things going on I don't know if this is a coach thing just trying out lineups but uh did anything else surprise you in week one competition we'll start with uh Brad yeah, I thought um, to me uh, out at Provo, they had two new setters, Joe Carlos at UC Irvine and then Heath Hughes for BYU, um, two new transfer setters that had big impacts for them um, as well. <laughs> so we I, had, I was watching a lot up there. We, we had a new setter too, do you know what I mean? Did you notice that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Good morning. That's right. We'll mention Kevin calling. Yeah, I was wondering about that too, but I was going to wait for Dan to say something about it. <laughs> oh, I just need to talk about new service. I was, like, well, we I was trying to get a scoop without being too obvious. You know, I got to. <laughs> hey, he was puking on the side of the road on the way to the airport. So he didn't make a trip, unfortunately. I, I felt bad for him, but Tyler was great. Tyler stepped in, did a great job. So. So is the cheaper chicken on the way to the airport, huh, Dan? You, you guys were trying to cut some costs there. <laughs> I guess four thirty in the morning. I guess we're dropping by some drive-throughs. I didn't. I didn't realize. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Brad, uh, the, so the, the names that you'd had are the teams. He said the two setters as uh, Carlos and uh, he, uh, Heath Hughes, a transfer from Grand Canyon. So the MPSF former setters going into well, actually an interconference transfer in Carlos over to UC Irvine in the Big West. So, uh, how do you think they uh, performed on that as far as uh, this weekend? Yeah, I think it was, I mean, for a lot of those teams that are bringing in those transfers, whether it's traditional transfers or grad transfers, they're coming in and it's not perfectly smooth. You know, the teams that have been together um, a little bit longer play a little bit better early on in the year. But did a, you see it in glimpses of how efficient they could be, how smooth they can be, um, and the impact they can start adding um, for Joe more offensively and the team's efficiency. And then for Heath, just providing that all around um, setting experience and and the ability to put a little bit better block as well up there. Yep. Let's jump over to Jay Hossick. Well, uh, you know, I, I think for me, uh, BYU looked like BYU of old. I know last year they struggled a little bit and had some new guys and kind of missing a couple of pieces that were key for them, but they looked really, really solid. I was pretty impressed by the way they played. I know it's early in the year. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that I think they're going to win the championship or anything, but they look they look pretty solid. Uh, and I, I thought St. Francis out of Pennsylvania had a good weekend. You know, Stanford is one of the teams that a lot of people are talking about is, is kind of rising from the ashes since a couple of years ago when they dropped that program. And all of a sudden, <clears throat> Stanford's got some great recruits in and they're and they're doing some nice things. And but St. Francis, nobody expected them to go five with Stanford, and they could have easily won that one. So, um, you know, I'm, I think I'm I'm pretty impressed by that. And Penn State without three other starters, that's scary. Yep. How about you, Theo? 
Yeah, I think uh, of the ones that we haven't covered much, <clears throat> I think the UCLA match, uh, obviously against San Diego, I hate to uh, to rub salt in the wound. But, you know, I don't know that this is necessarily an insult to San Diego. UCLA uh, played phenomenal and they had a completely separate lineup from what they did the night before against us. Um, and I believe, and Rob, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they set the single match record for aces. Is that is that the case? I saw them put they put someone posted that, and I was like, "Wow, is that true?" Yeah, I didn't, I get, didn't get to see the release on that one. Okay, how many was it? Uh, seventeen, Brian. I think it was eighteen. Eighteen felt like it. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Brad, just so you know, it is so great when you lose and get on here because people are just kind of like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, they they did some impressive things from the end line. Um, and it was it was truly special considering that it was I don't know if you can call it a second string, but it was a completely different lineup from what they had played the night before. Um and then I think it would be a disservice to not mention what Jalen Jasper did against Lincoln Memorial, um, because I think that was an early in the week match and it may have led coaches to believe that Lincoln Memorial wasn't as good as they were. Um, but Jalen Jasper hit 486, had 21 kills on 37 swings, and he was electric. I mean, I think from a blocking perspective, uh, he was he was really a problem for them as well. And um, so to see those types of performances, you know, uh, is, is pretty cool to see in week one for sure. Yeah, Jalen had 21 kills, 30 on 37 attempts, hitting 486, five aces and six digs and two blocks. And if you watch some replays, <clears throat> his apex and his jump hitting over blocks is pretty insane. So he's he's got some new legs on or something because he's flying. <laughs> he looked he looked really you, impressive. Dan? Yep. Well, you kind of took my. I wanted to talk about UCLA. I, I think we played them last year and. You know, I think the depth that they have, you, you want to call it their B team. I, I don't think it's a B team. <clears throat> they have two starting lineups or three, and they can use whichever they want to against you, which makes them extremely difficult to scout. Um, you know, so I think they're a very talented team, you know, all the way down to like guy 20. You know what I mean? It would start in most gyms across the country. And so, uh, so I just think you're seeing them mature as an entire group and certainly putting themselves in that conversation at the national championship as the season folds on. And, John finds the right flow. So beyond that, I might have mentioned, we didn't mention NGIT. They went into Purdue, Fort Wayne, uh, kind of a quiet win maybe, but they've got a, a good group between Julian and Alessandro and both had nice nights and, you know, hit like what, 403 to 173. And, you know, certainly Purdue's trying to find which pieces are going to work for them. But they do return a couple really good ones in Dietrich and uh, their middle. And so, but yeah, I think in, in NGIT will be a good team to watch out of the EVA and what they can kind of accomplish from that standpoint. So, Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. I wanted to go into our next part, focusing on, I know we mentioned some top athlete performances, but I have you knock on one and I have four categories and I'm just going to randomly put it on one coach here. All right. So offensive player of the week. And I feel like Theo's got his notes right there so he can just bust that out. Yeah, I think if I if I had to put one, it's probably Sani. Um, and I, you know, I, I mentioned I mentioned him, you know, in our I think our pre-talk before the season started, and uh, he hit five eighty eight. Uh, and obviously, Lewis kind of got the blunt edge of that performance, but he uh, he was fantastic. And I think you gotta you gotta give him some some props. Five eighty eight uh, as a pin hitter is pretty pretty unbelievable. Yep. All right, next category. 
Defensive player of the week will go to uh, Brad. I'm going uh, Merrick McHenry. Um, his serve has been wicked. Um, we didn't even see it. We got to see a lot of it in preparation. Um, he's serving great. He's blocking great. He's moving really, really well, pin to pin. Um, I don't know what his numbers were, um, but he uh, has a huge impact on the match. Uh, just with his ability move side to side his serve uh last year didn't seem like it was coming with as much pace but now he's in it in the 60s and he has a hybrid out of it and it's uh pretty impressive to see so he's uh definitely has a huge impact on teams going up against them and and at the net with him being such a force all right okay libro of the week we got to give love to those guys oh, <laughs> i love dan smirks so i'm gonna have to pick him on that one <laughs> I don't have a clue. I, I'm not gonna be able to tell you. Like honestly, like ask Jay that. Ask me center and ask Jay that. Okay, all right. There you go. <laughs> all right. Are we gonna get transfer here from Dan to Jay on the Libro of the Week? Nah, I'll take the center. Okay. Right. Anybody right. who is old enough to remember this re reference of different strokes, where where little uh, uh, Coleman would go, "Which Coleman, Willis? I'm gonna talk about the Gooch, the Gooch at UCLA. It's good." <laughs> He's my gooch. He didn't get a ton of digs in the match because it wasn't that much play. But watch this kid as the season progresses. He's going to be really fun to watch. And if you're the starting libero at UCLA, you know they've got like 15 of them in the wings somewhere. You got to be doing something. <laughs> so the gooch, that's my choice. That's uh, Troy Gooch, the redshirt senior from Buffalo, New York, over at UCLA. I heard a lot of chatter about him being the one to watch. So uh, this one's an easy one. Team of the week. Who did I, who I, who I skip out on? Was that Dan? Oh, it's back to me. Team of the week. Okay. You said setter. You know what? I didn't get setter, but go ahead and name a setter. I'll then. take both. I'll take both. How about that? Okay. So All UCLA, right. Sounds good. UCLA is my team of the week. Just so you know. I just, you know, they, they, they've got the pieces, the depth. They're going to be the team of the week. Uh, and then my setter is, it's Cole Koosh, right? From Lincoln Memorial. Is that pronounced Look right? Yep. Duke transfer, right? That comes in and is running this squad and four matches in a week, getting them a win at Santa Barbara and, uh, you know, showing how it's done. So that would be my, my center. So. All right. Let's go to the uh, next segment here. What are you guys watching in week two? Um, let's see. Let's go with it. We'll start off with Jay on this one. Hawaii, Ball State. Watching that one twice. I'm watching NJIT against McKendry and Lindenwood. Uh, Dan mentioned them earlier. They're pretty good. NJIT's got a lot of upperclassmen that have played together for a few years. Last year, they made a run for the EIVA title. Came up just a little bit short. Um, but I I think NJIT is going to be a team that it, outside of our conference, because we all know how good they are inside the EIVA, if you're playing them outside the EIBA and you're not paying attention, it's going to be a tough loss. It's going to be a tough match. Those are the two that I'm watching the most. All right. How about you, Theo? I think you're off this sure. week, aren't you? We got the Cal Lutheran one, right? We have Cal Lutheran and we play actually Edward Waters, um, new, new ish program. Uh, but the two that I think that are most exciting, I'm excited to see Brad travel to Chicago and take on Loyola. Uh, you know, Loyola, I haven't seen them play yet. Obviously, uh, John Hawks, new coach there, and kind of excited to see those two programs go head-to-head. -head. Um, and then Santa Barbara uh, takes on Stanford. 
I think that'll be a, an excellent matchup. Obviously, Santa Barbara's got some things to work on and some tweaks that they got to make. It'd be interesting to see if they can bounce back and and uh, make some adjustments. Yep. Okay. Nice stuff. Dan. Yeah, I, I think my picks are pretty similar to Jay's. Um, I wanted to see the Bull State, the NRL League, they play Hawaii, and then we were talking about NJIT. So the, the, certainly those were right uh, ones I really want to see how they kind of roll out. Um, and then, yeah, it's Brad. It'll be great. So I get to watch her play. So I'm <laughs> we do play. I, I give a shout out. We play S&T is an inaugural first-year program. They play Loyola tonight, and they play us tomorrow night. So those guys have been working hard to get their program off the ground and, and turn to that. And so they'll kind of kind of open their season up here in Chicago, which which is great. And so Brad, who is that or Dan, who is that that you mentioned? Missouri S and T. So S &T. they're uh, a newer team out of this uh the GLVC that has, has sponsored men's volleyball uh down uh by St. Louis a little bit. So uh and then you got Maryville who's in their second year, but they're gonna be playing some matches as well. So awesome. Brad, what you got? Yeah. Well, we're excited to go bear the cold and I got to go park the shopping and, and uh, get my scarves and gloves. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, Santa Barbara, Stanford is exciting for me. Just seeing how Santa Barbara responds. Rick always does such a good job with those guys. Um, and I know they're going to be fired up to go take on uh, the, tr the trees, the trees up in Palo Alto. So that's going to be a fun one. And Hawaii ball state um, is going to be a, a fun match to watch and check in on afterwards as well yep. i'm only gonna add this one about those guys right didn't princeton come out they come out and they play ucla which uh that'll be their first uh go around in the la uh trip this year by the way brad i'm surprised that you and theo you know it's 75 degrees but it's raining like crazy you don't really have like a park or anything like that to keep you guys dry i know you got your your ugg boots and your beanies on it's 75 degree weather but come on we got a double hoodie and, uh, from their cars to their offices <laughs> over there. So I got an eighties windbreaker over here, Jay, just trying to keep the water <laughs> off me. Sweet. Just get your windshield wipers to work correctly. You guys don't really know <laughs> what things are out there on the West coast from Pella no. windows to members only. That's Theo Edwards. modeling. <laughs> <laughs> and IL deals available at Cal state Northridge. Um, <laughs> I drop one. It was because, uh, uh, Long Beach State was up in Canada, McMaster's. They actually had their first match this week against King. And I know they're, you know, obviously in the top four, and they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. They're looking really good, at least from the footage that I could see that came down from McMaster's. So really interested to see how Long Beach takes uh, opens up their season. So um, anything else we've missed, gentlemen, that has hit your radar? I'm afraid to mention the one thing that did come out this week, and, you know, uh, maybe I just stir the pot and, and throw it out there. But uh, uh, this week, uh, Lee Feinswag, the uh, editor of VolleyballMag.com, had posted that uh, the NCAA is not going to be doing any social media for men's volleyball this year. Um, respond if you like. Um, just Let get one of your thoughts. Let me go first since I, I wear a couple different hats and I'll give what I can. And me and Jay have talked. And if you don't know, I'm a sit on the ABCA as a D1, D2 men's rep as well. Oh, by the way, we're supposed to stop saying that. Men's Collegiate Championship. Yeah, that's uh, what I had to ask you about that. Men's Collegiate Championship. All right. I want to I want to plug that. We're going to kind of try to – it is, and that's what it is. We don't need to defer between the D2s and the D1s. Lincoln Memorial is a great team. It doesn't matter what level they are right there. They're a mid-college uh, championship team, you know what I mean, in terms of that. And so 
but I think with some of the social media stuff, the NCAA has come out and said that, yeah, we're not doing anything. And our championship committee last year when it came out was really working hard behind the scenes and kind of going up the ladder with the NCAA to try to figure out why they weren't, you know, and try to do some things. And we didn't have a lot of luck or success with that in terms of getting some straight answers on what, what they're going to do. So it really is a follow-up from even last year in terms of them saying that. Uh, I sit on what's called a connections committee that was this morning before this and posed the question to the NCAA champ rep that was there and asked for a list of what collegiate sports are represented at what level by them, by the NCAA. And so hopefully I'll be able to get that list a little bit and be like, I know they do the Frozen Four. That's a collegiate championship sport. You know, you've got gymnastics, you've got bowling, you've got some other ones. And he was he was pretty open and honest. He's like, we don't cover a large percentage of them, uh, but hopefully getting that list to kind of see. But I think the main topic of question becomes if the NCAA is not going to do it, which we all know they're not, uh, let us outsource and go a different way and find somebody that does. And that was a a plan that came up from the championship committee where it's like, hey, can we outsource this and use somebody else to kind of help maybe push content? Because I think we have a lot of people that would help drive the content. And initially they said no last year. So I'd be curious to see where that conversation or topic or dialogue might be able to go, because I think we can service ourselves. We got a lot of people that have a lot of interest in it and certainly like men's volleyball. And maybe it doesn't have to be the NCA one that's driving our social media content in terms of that. Yep. Good. All right. Anyone else want to sound off? Yeah, I, 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 because we're hosting this year, obviously it's it's going to fall a little bit on our shoulders. You know, my, my thought, I talked to Dan about this um, just the other day, and, and it's a bummer, right? I mean, we 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 obviously want uh, the NCAA to take us seriously and and you know provide some content for our followers and people that are fans of our sport. But he's right. The challenge is that they're not going to do it. What can we do? Uh, and and some ideas that have been floated out there. One of them was putting it in charge of each team. Let each team go out there and send some stuff and just do the same hashtag all year uh, and get them to run it through the NCAA site or however we want to run it, through the Twitter, through the Instagram, however they want to go. There's enough people around the country uh, that have a vested interest in wanting to get content out there. So if if we're able to tap into that you know, energy and push it forward, more power to us, you know, maybe we can, maybe we can change the way it's done in the future. Who knows? Men's volleyball on the cutting edge of something. Ooh, be amazing. <laughs> See how it goes. We, we're, we're in beginning stages of the talks, but we, we can't wait too long. We got to get on it quickly. Got to make sure we move forward. Hashtag um, NCAA men's volleyball, right? Isn't that what I told you, Rob? Yeah. Hashtag NCAA men, uh, MVB. Hashtag yeah. NCAA MVB. Put that on the volley talk. Let everybody see it. And <laughs> yep, and we're going to send an email out from hopefully from the ABC to all the college coaches and their SIDs to kind of start using that, so we can maybe drive some content. So, so Theo and Brad share that. <laughs> Sounds good. All, and yeah, I, I think, think that's that's one of the cool pieces with the men's volleyball world is there is so much love and support and people who if given the opportunity, would love to help and assist and aid in providing content for not just all the athletes within our programs, but for the greater exposure of men's volleyball. And we've had a lot of really awesome Instagram accounts already, you know, from Rob to Off the Block to AVB Network and so many countless other ones that are helping to shed the light and expose what's going on in our wonderful sport. And uh, the more we're able to kind of 
reach out and have those people um, doing that on a more formal basis, I think it only helps uh, the exposure, it only helps the experience, it only helps everything that we're doing on a daily basis. Yeah, I think the, you know, I don't know if you guys paid a ton of attention to what the NCAA was doing as far as social media for men's volleyball in the past, but it was incredibly underwhelming. Um, I think, I think honestly, them going to a place where they're just going to say we're not going to do it is probably more along the lines of what they have done in the past in general. Um, You know, I can only speak for our conference, but I feel like every single year the Big West is done a better job at managing social media and obviously it's biased right it's pushing our conference it's pushing our teams um but you know a back back to along the lines of the ideas you guys are talking about i think if you give each conference or and or teams an opportunity to play host for a week at a time the amount of content and what it would look like if we got the login for ncaa and could post what was coming out of these conferences and these programs. I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, we all know because we follow it and we're there and we're seeing what everybody's posting, but it's incredibly entertaining and it's stuff that it would be obviously worth sharing and could help grow our game. So I hope that the NCAA is open to allowing something like that to be the case because we could probably do a better job than they have. Yeah. That's actually a great idea because, uh, the uh, fan account of NCAA MVB just this week alone grew by a thousand followers and the engagement is intense on it. So uh, that's a great idea. I would say whoever's watching DM at NCAA MVB uh, on Instagram and on uh, Twitter, and maybe they can connect you with posting and all that stuff. So, cause I know it's a, a few volunteers that are on that account, at least can get that going uh and uh we can get this thing really really blown up for sure uh what i thought was uh one of the great hashtags that's been going along with uh nca mvb was ncaa's best kept secret secret. after uh al nipes quote at the press conference at the ncaa semis last year um how men's volleyball once you're watching it you're hooked because it's such a fast power game and it's so entertaining so um want to end our week one episode or recap and week two preview with one of the best social posts I've seen by Ohio State. Uh, One of their, I guess it's a servant pass. They said the question was, they put to the players was, which player would you trust the least to be your babysitter? You got to go check it out. It is hilarious. And it was an anonymous vote, which I'm kind of worried for Birch and his boys there. So Dan, if you need, if you're going to Ohio State, don't look for this player. Roster of UC San Diego, Thea Edwards of Cal State Northridge, and Jay Hosick of George Mason. Another great episode. Looking forward to see how you guys do this week and uh looking forward to connecting next Monday. Thanks for listening to College Volleyball Weekly. Be sure to follow Rob Espero at the Rob on the Mic on Instagram and at Rob on the Mic on Twitter.